Our guest is a great actor. He's also a singer and a songwriter. His new song is entitled America, I Love You Too. It is Dennis Quaid. Dennis, how are you? I'm excellent. You know, Dennis, I love you too. I just want to say that right now. And you and you and you and even you. <laughs> uh, first of all, congratulations on getting married. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, we were supposed to get married uh, April the 4th in Hawaii. And uh, we paid for everything and everybody was coming. And uh, if the pandemic came along and that shut that down. So after a couple of months of that, we just uh, eloped up to Santa Barbara and, uh, and got hitched up. She's just like the most wonderful person. She's from Illinois too, by the way. Really? Where's she from? Edwardsville. Right out, you know, about 30 miles outside of uh, uh, St. Louis. Uh, right. Yeah. The Savoy family. So hello to the Savoy family down there in Edwardsville. Wow. You know, I grew up in uh, Peoria, which is in the heart of Illinois. So I'm pretty familiar yeah. with the state. We can hang out if you need a, uh, a guide. Yeah. Why not? A tour of, you know, it's, <laughs> a, a lot of people don't realize there's a lot more to Illinois than just Chicago. <laughs> Oh, I've seen I've lived in Rockford. Have you been to Rockford? Uh, no, I have not. The home of not. Cheap I, Trick. Yeah, there you go. I spent, <laughs> uh, you know, I did Breaking Away right next door in, in, in Indiana. And, you know, that's the, the heartland of America, really. It's our bedrock, the values that come from there. I agree 100%. By the way, I've seen you perform here in Chicago at Joe's on Weed Street. Man, you're a great presence on stage. It just looks like you're having a good time. Well, I want to give people a good time. Uh, they spent their you know, hard-earned money. They've been out there working all week. And, you know, they, they want to come in and be entertained and, and let their hair down, not listen to a bunch of gobbledygook <laughs> of some <laughs> actor who thinks he's, you know. The best, uh, so uh, we have a good time. We, uh, like I say, uh, give people a chance to make fools of themselves because I make a fool of myself up there, and it's fun. Who do you emulate yourself after on stage? Because we all have somebody that we want to be. You're a high-energy guy on stage. Yeah. Who do, you, who do you take after? Well, that's a good question. You know, I, I think I'm just me now. You know, I grew up with uh, the Beatles and, and uh, went through the 70s. And, you know, Bruce Springsteen used to do these four or five hour concerts yeah. at really great high energy. That was fantastic. You know, my, he my musical hero, though, is a songwriter, as a performer, and as a human being, really, it was Johnny Cash. I love the songs that he wrote. They're story songs. And I've tried to emulate that a little bit in, in my writing. You ever meet Johnny Cash when he was alive? I, I talked to him on the telephone, actually, when I was doing Great Balls of Fire, he and June, and he was in the hospital. Uh, he just had an incident, you know, with his heart. This is back in 1986. I never got to meet him in person. Although John Carter Cash, his son, and I are good friends. And, uh, you know, I've been out to the cabin and uh, uh, recorded there. And uh, Wow. I just love the man. You grew up in Texas. Did you grow up listening to the Southern Fried Rock, the Eagles, the Molly Hatchets, the Allman Brothers, the ZZ Tops? Oh, of course. You know, I grew up in Houston, which is sometimes even called West Louisiana. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, it was a very eclectic time in Houston with music 
at that time, my dad, you know, Bing Crosby was his Elvis and he used to croon around the house like Dean Martin. Right. But you know, of course we had the Beatles, but like I said, Johnny Cash and Hank Williams and uh, the Eagles. I was, gosh, I was really into the Eagles when that came along with, you know, with Linda Ronstadt. The seventies was an incredible time. There was so much stuff across. It, it seems to be its own genre. And, uh, it was a great time of creativity. Absolutely, 100%. Now, remind me, I think you've told this story before on my show. You got your first guitar from your grandfather, right? Yeah, at Western Auto, <laughs> of all places. <laughs> it was a, really? $14, a $14 guitar there in East Texas. <laughs> I used to spend summers up there in like Jacksonville and Frankston, little towns. And uh, the first song uh, that I tried to learn to play was Light My Fire which is not a really particularly good choice for a beginner because ridiculous bar chords and stuff. So I gave up on that pretty quick and switched over to Johnny Cash because, you know, he plays simply and that's what I love. But turns out uh, way down the line, a couple of years ago, I became friends with Robbie Krieger of the doors. Right. And who probably wrote that song. And uh, I just happened to have a register that's, uh, you know, like Jim Morrison and, I uh, play gigs with him around town, uh, you know, doing Riders on the Storm and L.A. Woman. Right. Robbie's a great guy. He gives back to his community. He even came and played my, my kids' school carnival <laughs> on six <laughs> hours' notice. <laughs> but uh, he's uh, playing guitar on America, I Love You Too. On the, he kicks it off. Isn't it crazy how life comes back around? You get your first guitar, a $14 guitar. You try to learn Light My Fire, and here you are playing with Robbie Krieger from The Doors today. I've had a lucky life, bud. I really have. I've had to pinch myself sometime. But uh, we got out here uh, in right outside my house. I live on a cul-de-sac. We set up a bandstand and big American flag. And uh, all the neighbors came out. We had a block party. And... Uh, <laughs> That's a live recording of America, I Love You Too, and uh, really grateful for it. We posted that video, and I'm watching the video, I'm thinking, that looks like the end of my street. So you really did. You just put the band and a rug down in front of your house, and everybody came over, and you just played. Yeah, it's sort of like, uh, you know, if you build it, they will come, like Field of, field of Dreams. Right. And uh, we, we had a really great time that day, and everybody really needed it. Uh, you know, that was back during the breath that we could take uh, during the pandemic. And, uh, you know, I think everybody's fed up. One great thing, you know, about the pandemic that is a silver lining. I, I think there is a spiritual reawakening going on in this country. People were forced. We, you know, we never change voluntarily. We're always dragged kicking and screaming. Of into course. It. And, I, and uh, I think it's going on. You got to be careful what you ask for because you just might get it. But this is what a spiritual reawakening feels like. It's really hard at first. And I think we're going to come through this as a country, as a people. We're going to come together. We always have. And uh, I believe in America. Well, it forces us to talk to each other. Like you said, you were outside your house playing with your band. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've walked outside my house and hung out with my neighbors on our front step, on the sidewalk, having some beers with our neighbors. Right. That's what's bringing people together, and that's the silver lining right there. I agree with you. You know, this is a, we're, we're in an uncharted territory nobody's ever been through before, mm -hmm. and uh, we're going to get through this. We really are.
I agree. We're talking with uh, Dennis Quaid. Your brother, Randy, is very outspoken on social media, does some crazy stuff. I have seven brothers. Everybody has different personalities. Do you ever call up Randy and say, Randy, maybe you should dial it back a little bit? <laughs> the last thing I'm going to do is try to control <laughs> my brother. <laughs> He's bigger than me. Yeah. Uh, and so I let Randy be Randy. And, uh, you know, we may agree to disagree. And but. uh I love my brother, uh, even from afar. And uh, he's uh, one of my five favorite actors. I love Randy. I love him in vacation. That's right. Merry Christmas. Jitter's full. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis, I have to tell you, my father loved Ronald Reagan. Uh, my father passed away years ago, but there's still a picture hanging at my mom's house in Peoria of President Reagan and my father when Ronald Reagan came to Peoria and visited back in the mid-80s. You're playing President Reagan in a new biopic called Reagan. With any role, of course, you're doing research, but this is Ronald Reagan. How much research did you have to do for this? Well, he was my favorite president. I voted for him, you know, at a time that, you know, half the people in this country thought he was going to get us into a nuclear war with the Soviets. You know, he made us believe in ourselves and, we, he won the Cold War. This is a different world because of him. He based his life on principles, not policy. But to get this role is like, it was overwhelming. I mean, I had a shiver of fear go up down my spine when they offered it to me. Sure. And that shiver of fear is usually a sign that I should do it because it gets out of my comfort zone. Right. You know, I, I kind of lived uh, as far as research goes, but I found out a, a lot. I read a lot about him. And I, I got to go up to the Reagan Ranch, which is not open to the public. And you can really see what a humble man he was up there at the Reagan Ranch. Everybody thinks it's a sprawling Western White House, but the house is about 1,200 square feet. They left it just like he and Nancy left it when they, when they left the last time. The clothes are in the closet, everything. The house is 1,200 square feet. It's got a big bookcase with all his books from all his life. And they have a, they have a king-size bed, but it's two single beds put together. And uh, you can see uh, the person in, in the property, right. you know, the fences that he built and everything. Sure. I, I just love him. Well, Penelope Ann Miller is playing Nancy Reagan and looking at their pictures side by side. Oh, my gosh. That's a perfect Crazy, choice. Yeah. yeah, really. I mean, it's spooky how much she looks like her. And it's so chameleon-like the way she slips into it. That's what I, I try to do. You know, it's kind of like by osmosis rather than doing an impersonation of somebody. I mean, people can spot that really quick. Right. And uh, it's about well, what I do if I was Ronald Reagan in this situation. And, and uh, playing uh, real people, I think there's an added responsibility to that, to get them right. Of course. And you're filming in Oklahoma in it when you guys were just shut down because of COVID. Why Oklahoma and is everybody okay? Everybody's okay. We uh, shot in Oklahoma because uh, the governor was amenable to uh, opening up. I'm really glad that we did. We had a few people that uh, came down with COVID, yes. And, uh, but uh, everybody's okay. And uh, we, I was lucky because it was really at the at the end, I pretty much, me and Penelope had finished our parts there in Oklahoma. Oh, okay. And we still have just a little bit to do. We get to shoot up at the Reagan Ranch and a little bit at the Reagan Library. They're going to, they have Air Force One from back when he was president, you know, the old Air Force One. We're going to shoot in that. Of course. 
I mean, that's got to be a big thrill for you. You're hanging out at the Reagan Ranch. That's a big deal. I have to pinch myself, to tell you the truth. <laughs> I really do. I have such a lucky life. I get to go in as an actor. You get to go in all those doors that say authorized personnel only, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's your job to, you know, learn about it. Talking with Dennis Quaid, I want to uh, bring up your son, Jack, for a second. Jack yeah. is a stud. Can we talk about him? His first movie was Hunger Games. I mean, when you get that, you, you got to yeah. think to yourself, my son's on his way. Oh, man. He did it the right way as far as his mother's Meg Ryan. And uh, it was just always pretty obvious he was going to be an actor. He, as a kid, he'd always have a video camera in his hand. And, uh, you know, he went to uh, high school drama, which is like what I did, and then college drama at NYU and uh, filmmaking course. And he gets out and uh, he wants to start his career. And I say, well, you know, my agent, George, he's, he's been wanting to handle you. Uh, you know, he told me years ago. And he said, no, Dad, I want to do it myself. And uh, <laughs> he went out and got his own agent. Of course, first movie's Hunger Games. Then he gets in Martin Scorsese's vinyl, which is like everybody wanted to be in Dennis, that. I loved vinyl on HBO. It was uh, co-produced by Mick Jagger, right? Yeah, that's right. Mick Jagger and Martin Scorsese. It was and, so uh, good. Guess that. And then, you know, he's got the hottest streaming show on uh, TV with uh, the boys. Right. So yeah. I, I went to him and I said, well, Jack, how about a little help over here? Okay. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not proud. <laughs> how about a little something for your old man yeah yeah really i want to talk about a few of your movies uh before you go i just love the movie breaking away it shaped my childhood i related oh. to it so well i just loved it same here uh and it still holds up my bride uh, laura i showed it to her about six months ago i hadn't seen it in 20 years and it still holds up you know it's it's a microcosm of a movie of America, and it's directed by an Englishman, and it was written by a first-generation Czech, Michael Tesich. And uh, I think it took their point of view from outside America to really see ourselves, and it has mm -hmm. such a charm to it. Me and uh, Jack Yarrell Haley, Danny Stern, and Dennis Christopher, who are the boys and the cutters, in the, cutters. The, in the film, we still get together, and we still get together and talk on the phone. I was, you know, I'm, I'm a cyclist now myself. I wasn't at the time, but I was, I was riding my bike uh, the other day going up a hill and I passed a guy and he had a Cutter's jersey on. <laughs> you know, it still lives. I love that. Uh, you played Doc Holliday and Wider back in 94. You lost 40 pounds for that role and it screwed up yeah. your body, didn't it? Well, it didn't really screw up my body. I had a, uh, I had a nutritionist and a doctor monitoring me, but it was tough. I'll say that, you know, I, I wanted it. Doc Holliday had tuberculosis, uh, which finally got him in the end. And he was a little skinny guy, but that's why he won so many gunfights because he was, he was going to die anyway. He could, he was the one who could take out his pistol and calmly stand there and shoot where everybody else was just blasting away. Right. And, uh, I came to really love Doc. I really did. He was, he was a really great character and, but I lost 40 pounds and then I had to stay there for like five months because oh, I was shooting geez. a movie. But uh, I got it back. How tall are you? You're what, 6'1"? Six 6'1". One? Six one. Okay, you're 6'1". How much did you weigh if you lost 40 pounds? I weighed 142 pounds. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. I went from 184 to oh. 
142. God, that's just nuts. Um, yeah. The rookie, you played Jimmy Morris, a baseball player. You grew up in Texas. I'm sure you loved baseball growing up. That must have been great. Jimmy Morris, he and I still, we still uh, are really great friends. What, what a guy. He came to my mother's funeral, in fact, in Houston uh, last year. I lost my mom of nine years. He's always been there. And uh, yeah, luckily, I was left-handed like him, you know, to be able to right. play him. But that movie is really uh, – touched a lot of people uh with his story sure it's that movie is not about baseball it's about second chances in life right that's what it's really about and i think everybody wants and deserves a second chance i feel like you're talking directly to me and i'm shaking my head yes i do <laughs> yeah plus it's also a father-son story which i'm i'm a sucker for right a dog's purpose any dog movie people are going to cry i'm sure you said yes right away to this movie it's such a great movie i have a dog his name's wrigley he's a labradoodle do you have a dog uh -huh. like wrigley field right a labradoodle i love labradoodles but they're really smart and really really loving affectionate dogs i have a miniature english bulldog named peaches, peaches. and uh yeah she's uh we're gonna do a dog's purpose three actually by the way really uh, in the works yeah it takes place in doggy heaven and uh <laughs> it was uh when i got that part uh, my agent called me up it said they uh, want you to do this movie uh, called dog's purpose and i said well uh okay what's it about and he got three sentences into describing the movie and i said george you gotta stop because i'm not gonna cry with my agent <laughs> over the phone just tell him i'll do it Right. Uh, uh, I'll do it. Uh, I'll read the script, but uh, I'm doing it. <laughs> Man, we all love our dogs, don't we? Yeah. What stands out? You mentioned uh, Jerry Lee Lewis and Great Balls of Fire, The Parent Trap. I mean, what really stands out for you when you look back at your career and say, wow, I love that experience? Well, that's the way I uh, rate my movies. I'm like, you know, audiences have a, you know, a different point of view than I do, I guess. I always uh, rate them by the experience that I had while I was making them. And I've had so many good times, you know, having the privilege to and being as fortunate as I am to, to do these roles. But I have to say that the right stuff really is the one that stands out the most because it was my boyhood dream to be an astronaut. Right. I, I couldn't believe I got the part. I, you know, I read the novel and said, if they ever do a movie, uh, I want to play Gordo Cooper. He was my favorite astronaut as a kid. I grew up in Houston, which is Space City. Right. And uh, I got the part. I couldn't believe it. And then uh, it turned out Gordo Cooper lived three miles from me in L.A. And I went over and met him. We became good friends. He pointed me towards Van Nuys Airport. And I, I got my pilot's license while we were making the film. And I fly jets now. Talk about an impact right there. Man. I thought you were going to bring up Jaws 3D, which I saw at the movie theater, wearing the 3D glasses. <laughs> Great. Uh, that was actually my son's Jack. It's, uh, you know, for seven years old, that was like his favorite movie. <laughs> of course it was. Yes. Yeah, I have to cringe myself when you, you know, when you look at the shark now, especially. <laughs> I, you know, it's like, it's Time pretty pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> And finally, one last thing I read. Is it true you were in stripes as an extra during the graduation ceremony? Supposedly, I was. Uh, my first <laughs> wife, PJ Souls, she played uh, Bill Murray's love interest. And I came to visit on the set. And they were out on the tarmac of the you know, runway. Uh, 
having a, you know formed up for some ceremony and supposedly i walked through the background <laughs> of a shot so uh they realized too late and so they had, had to give me a credit <laughs> do we still get checks in the mail but for that I, I still i still haven't found myself in that movie <laughs> America, I love you too. Dennis Quaid, always great to speak with you. Once this thing passes, we got to get you back to Chicago because you're so much fun to see. I love it. We, you know, there's so many great places to play in Chicago. Played the City Winery, uh, I think, the last time we played there. Sure. Really great there. place, Joe's. And uh, it's uh, what a great music town. It really is. And I just love Chicago. I probably well, spent cumulatively about a year of my life in Chicago over the years. Well, that's and great. I always have a great time. Dennis, great to connect, man. Good luck with the song, America, I Love You Too, and uh, we'll talk again soon. You bet. Hang in there, man. America, I love you too. Dennis, you're the best. Thank you. See you later, pal.